You are now listening to The Big Data Beard. Hi, everybody. This is Corey Minton with The Big Data Beard, and we are in Reston, Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. Kyle Prinz joining me. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful. Well, I am. Uh, I'm pretty glad that we have come to Reston, Virginia, because we are sitting down with one of our incredible partners and sponsors of the Road Trip to Conf, the team from Red River Technologies, Kevin and Ramon. Thanks for joining us. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, good. Fantastic. Excellent. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for yes. the opportunity. Man, it's so good. We uh, we appreciate your support. I do want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do for Red River. Sure. I'm Kevin Staper, our, our Vice President of Design Engineering. So really our engineering practice teams and the kind of the strategy of where we're trying to go, not just to where we are today. So certainly analytics and AI are a massive component to, you know, the future of technology. So yeah, emerging technologies are so fun. Aren't it, they? That, that's what wakes me up every day. The same old, same old, that's yeah, a little bit harder. That's right. <laughs> Ramon, what about you? So I'm the uh, design engineering manager, uh, our design engineering team. We're really the front lines of customer support. Yeah. Um, we're there sol- solving business issues as well as technical problems for agencies who are uh, our customers. Yeah. Well, so we heard earlier in the Breakfast with the Beard segment about kind of who Red River is, but I wanted to sort of dig in because one of the things that I think separates you from so many other technology companies is you're, you've got great stories around how you've actually delivered success. And it's not talk, it's not just marketing, but you actually have some some great stories of success. So why don't you start off and just, let's try to make this real. Like, yeah. help me understand some places that you're excited where you've you know, Red River Technologies has come alongside an organization trying to drive an outcome, and you've brought together this this crazy ecosystem of technology to help make them successful. Yeah, a lot of our customers, they've got independent, uh, disparate systems all set up to do, you know, dashboarding or analytics or, you know, just general visual, visualizations or alerts, but really they, have, they lack that holistic view across mm-hmm. the board. So that enterprise perspective, bringing all these groups together. And so a lot of our customers, that's kind of where they're starting is, you know, I know, you know, this group under me has got this data and another group's got another data, but it, that doesn't really help me understand how it's inter- affecting the enterprise or the overall organization. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, really what we've been focusing initially with our customers. And, you know, Ramon's team has really done a good, great job of going in there and kind of scoping out and understanding, you know, based on the mission, it, you know, Splunk is a great tool set to do that, you know, mm-hmm. powered by the Dell technology mm-hmm. underneath it. And, you know, how can we elevate that visualization and that dashboard you know i'm, I'm a big guy the big proponent of you've got a dashboard but what does that mean to you yeah. and so how do we make it into actionable intelligence because the you know underlying organizations are really the ones that are generating the day-to-day operational data mm-hmm. but the organization needs to make you know day-to-day business decisions based on that you know how it affects them from security and you know the es tool tool suite there from uh splunk uh, itsy as well you know bringing those together is also you know fantastic value for our customers. I mean, you know, Ramon, you know, you've got some specific details on that. No, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head as far as like how we sort of extrapolate the business problems that mm-hmm. agencies have, right? So um, from our perspective, when we're in there and we're talking to the customers and really getting an idea of, of what needs they have, um, we look at it from the perspective of, of originally being just vendor agnostic, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have a wealth uh, of technical expertise that we can pull from. And uh, at the end of the day, it's always Splunk and, and Dell that comes out on top uh, for really serving and supporting the customers and, and whatever missions that they have. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been really interesting in this last uh, opportunity that we had where the customer was really hard set on a specific 
technology, right? It was a, it was a, a Splunk competitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we got it into the lab, put it into uh, what they, they consider their system zero, it, it fell on its face, right? And, really? and we, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just one of those things where you get you get uh, attracted by market texture in a lot of ways, <laughs> right, right? Right, 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 right. But, you know, but again, at the end of the day, you really want to go with something vetted and something that's yeah. mature and that can really serve your needs long term. And, and that's what Splunk and, and Dell have done for us. Well, one thing that, you know, I hear when you guys talk, and, and we know this about you, but maybe everybody else doesn't, is that, you know, we're in D.C., mm-hmm. and when you talk about the mission, right, it's not always just a business use case, but the mission, because you guys do a ton of work in the in the federal government and state and local government space. So help me understand, what are the what's the big differences in dealing with, you know, trying to solve problems in a mission versus a business use case? So... I, man, you you really uh you you pulled on something there, right? When you talk about mission, because uh, everything that we work on is uh it's basically pulling for more tax dollars, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, within the federal space, you have a lot of policy initiatives that we have to take into consideration, um, or we we have to speak to, um, and so it's not always just a technical issue. It, it's it's a policy issue and aligning those technical uh, uh, dilemmas to to uh you know remediating some of the the policy and uh things that they're uh that the agencies are responsible for mm-hmm. and certainly on the commercial side you know you know commercial businesses are in money in business to make money you yeah. know at the end of the day if they're not generating any revenue their lights aren't going to stay on so that has to be a very business focus you know how am i going to improve my business whether that be bottom line more efficiency with the you know employment my resources or, you know, expansion and, you know, looking forward as to, okay, I've got this today, but where is the market going so that I can get ahead of it and see it? So I, much more business focus, whereas, you know, on the government side, it's really what is my mission to the to the citizens? Yeah. You know, whether in military, it's, you know, protect, hmm. you know, protect the citizen, yeah. you know, for, you know, Social Security Administration. That's, you know, making sure that the citizens get the support and services they need. Yeah. GSA, you know, providing the, that services to their customer, which is other government agencies. So very, very mission focused. You know, it's not necessarily all about the bottom line. So okay. I think, you know, that's it, it for me. It's kind of exciting to see, at, you know, this, this technology and these solutions being applied in different ways for different you know customers. But at the end of the day, the differences aren't as significant as we may think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what comes back to like. We're always trying to solve problems, and yeah. a lot of these problems aren't mm-hmm. new. They're just, yeah. they're just in a, they're new people, new new technology to solve them. So you you talked about a project where you had this uh, kind of this technology bake off, right? Where you yeah. had to, to fight through some things. Help me understand, like, what is the what's Red River's stake in that? Like, how do you guys come alongside organizations that are helping or that are thinking about technology? How do they engage you in a, in a kind of a typical process? Uh, to try to have, whether it's go through a POC or yeah. whether it's kind of define technology. So, so uh, we consider ourselves an extension of the organizations that we support. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, we're walking the hallways of the different agencies that we're uh, we're we're uh, helping with their technical issues and, and concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, whenever we we identify a particular problem area we always start with like a, a, a crawl walk run strategy right so we we take a look at the overarching environment um, some of the existing systems that are in place um, and then from there uh, we'll, we'll position uh, a technology or a manufacturer or a solution uh, or sometimes just an overarching framework that speaks to all the needs that we were able to extrapolate sort of during our, our requirements gathering uh, phase of any engagement um, then from uh, once we we sort of set that baseline 
uh, will then uh, go into a, a more detailed proof of concept or uh, wh whatever the next phase would be. It, it, it just it depends on um, again the 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 customer project or whatever whatever yeah. we're dealing with at that particular time. And we find a lot of our customers, you know, they're, they're again they're focused on their business and their 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 mission and everything else. They don't have time to be you know evaluating all kinds of technology, especially understanding the competitive differences between different products, you know, doing similar uh, uh, product sets. So that's, you know, we come in, I, it's the mo one of the most overused words anymore, but, you know, the trusted advisor concept, mm -hmm. you know, how can we, you know, help you understand this is where the market is today, this is where it's going, this is where, you know, the industry, the direction industry is going, and these are your offerings out there, your solutions. And by the way, you know, we know you, you need to achieve this, but you can't do it tomorrow. It's just, you know, physically, time, resource, money, it's just not possible. Yeah. So what is that, again, another overused word, journey map, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. get there, you yeah. know? And what can you do today, tomorrow, next week, next year, in preparation to achieve, uh, you know, that, that end goal, but get value out of it each step of the way? Yeah. So you guys do a ton of work with Splunk, obviously, in these agencies, and also in the public sector, obviously. I'm curious, we hear a lot of you know, questions around Splunk architecture, right? And we get into like some of the ways that people deploy it. Not as much exactly why you're using it, but like how do you deploy it? So, I mean, do you see organizations struggling with scaling kind of these enterprise software platforms? Is that something where you're helping come alongside and coaching guide? Because we just, we see there's a ton of consternation in the market because there's, there's software as a service providers who try to abstract it all, but that doesn't always work in every context. So when you have to deploy them, you know, your own data center on your own, you know, environment, you have to own that architecture. Is that something you're seeing? And if so, how are you helping organizations tackle those challenges? Yeah, absolutely, 100% yeah. uh, seeing that. And a lot of the big challenge that I see is that the focus is on, again, what is the scope for this current project? Mm -hmm. But the problem is you start getting there, you start getting value, that scope expands very quickly. Mm -hmm. But you haven't really identified the infrastructure required to grow. So you kind of cap out not not necessarily from a licensing standpoint, but from an infrastructure standpoint, very quickly, and then then you're in that boat. Well, oh my gosh, I got to scramble and try to get new hardware and everything. So th again, that's kind of one of the things that we go into is that you know that role that Ramon was talking about is understanding not only what are you doing today, but where are you going tomorrow, and how do we build and identify an infrastructure that's going to support you, as as well as the scalability. You know that the nice thing about cloud is the elasticity of it mm -hmm. to be able to grow and shrink as quickly as you need. So you know as things go there, there's a lot of it, in certain cases, it makes a lot of sense, mm -hmm. but if you have the you know capability and resources in house, or you've got privacy or data concerns or other things no. that it just can't leave those premises, you know we need to keep that into account too. And then the whole concept of you know with elasticity and scalability, can I keep you know my data on premise but my workload off on, in the public cloud, or can I scale to the public cloud yeah. or private cloud? You know if I've got that set up as well, you know. Yeah. So I think the hybrid cloud world is that's the one we live in, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as much as people want, even even the the software service providers, I think, are starting to diversify, right? Yep. And we get that. So I'm curious as you've as you've worked with these organizations, agencies, and and like, what are some of the challenges that you that you've seen them run into that maybe you can share with us on ways that you've learned from those projects and things that are kind of repeatable steps to go be successful with Splunk or similar type deployments. I think the big one is um, breaking down any misconceptions that they have about the technology initially, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of times we have to come in and educate the the customer around some of the things that um, they, they may not be aware of. 
Um, and then from there, uh, we, we like to, uh, I think Kevin just mentioned uh, just the situation where you have all this marketing around moving the cloud and, <laughs> and uh, all these off-prem environments. Um, sometimes you, you might not have the, the necessary skill set to immediately jump to a uh, to a public cloud uh, infrastructure uh, so what we what we like to do is try to build in the functionalities of things like public cloud into their uh, existing data center um, so that that's a, again I think educating is is one of the things that we we really try to focus on what do you see typically as a trend as far as misinformation from the customers what what myth are you typically dispelling the most um that that transitions are easy <laughs> right, that's that's a big one, right? Like they always, uh, everyone wants the the auto magic button yeah, where yeah. you just come in, you plug in something, and and it works immediately. That's not always the case, right? Yeah. Like uh, we 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 try to um, uh, leverage the the abilities that we have to to enable a streamlined approach to uh, any sort of migration or any sort of transition. But at the end of the day, it does take a robust uh, amount of, of effort, um, whether it's something that we've done previously and yeah. we, we've been able to learn from and, and bring over to new customers, or if it's uh, a newer emerging technology that we really have to dig in and, and get an understanding of ourselves before we, we mm. uh, deliver it in a production environment. That's really a wonderful way to look at it, though, because you know you could take the quick and easy route where you're just kind of tossing it in there doing the same thing but you guys are taking a trusted advisor approach like what you mentioned earlier where you're you're really diving in and partnering up and, and helping expand further so yeah kudos to you guys we really believe in the concept of adoption not just sell and we'll come back in a couple of years when it's time to refresh and mm -hmm. we really want to you know help you adopt it and use it and get the value out of it it's you know and you know i think that another misconception is oh once i get this dashboard i'm going to be I'm, I'm, everything's going to be easy, and I'm going to be, you know, able to go. But that's going to happen tomorrow, right? Right. You know, unfortunately, you know, again, there is a path and a timeline to to get to these things. Yeah. So when you when you think about, um, you know, this path and this journey in the hybrid cloud, and you dispel the myth that it's easy, mm -hmm. uh, what does it look like, sort of, in the next, I don't know, eighteen to twenty four months for organizations that you're working with? What, what are the thing, the biggest kind of challenges in technology that they're going to be tackling? that you guys are seeing pop up in the agencies, not so much just in the use case, but really in the, the technologies, the frameworks, the things that we're trying to deploy in this new hybrid cloud reality. What are those areas that your team's focusing on in terms of uh, kind of solving pressing problems? So I would say um, one of the, the uh, most likely or the most pressing problem we're, we're having today is is dealing with the influx of data that's that's out there nowadays, mm -hmm. right? Um, you have, uh, we mentioned policies before. There's a, a uh, security framework, uh, continuous diagnostics and mitigation CDM within civilian agencies that that everyone's been been implementing, and uh, what we've what we've found is that the agencies aren't getting the value out of CDM that they thought they would, mm -hmm. um, although they have access to all this additional information. Uh, so what, what we're doing is is helping them to really parse through that data mm -hmm. and make it usable. Um, and I think that's one of the, the top concerns that we've been dealing with today. Uh, again, it's, 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 CDM has a multitude of different types of technologies infused within its framework. So uh, a concern has been taking, um, or, or I would say making sure that we're getting the most out of those different types of technologies that are, that are being implemented and, and getting a, a, a more efficient uh, data uh, model is, has, has been, um, I think, one of our chief issues. 
Yeah, I think you know that you know as you mentioned, there's CDM. There's a lot of tools involved with with that uh, that framework, mm-hmm. and so that I see you know that still continues to be our customers' biggest challenge is that there's always a new tool coming out that promises you know to be able to do everything for everybody mm-hmm. and. There's no tool out there that I've seen that will do that yet. But yeah. you know, how do we start bringing those together and and really whittle down to say, okay, for your particular use case, this is going to be kind of that framework or that set of the tools. For somebody else, it may be a totally different set of tools, or there might be a subset within. So helping you know to parse through and and then un- that underlying infrastructure to understand, you know, okay, well now I've got all these tools, how can I run that? You know, well, what's going to support me? And then you know, the, the hybrid cloud. Now I've got workloads running all over the place. How do I get visibility into those workloads yeah. to understand, okay, well, right now, you know, one cloud may be the, the best place to run it, but, you know, things change all the time. So how can I adapt and be agile uh, as part of that? And I think that's, you know, that, that's the other piece of that too is you've got massive tool set and then how are you going to support that and run that? Never mind the, the resources, the policies, the processes, all those things around it. You know, I, I, I'm always kind of I, I chuckle a little bit to myself when we talk about DevOps, and you know DevOps being a tool set. Well, DevOps is just as much about the processes as it is about the tool set. Oh, for sure. And mm-hmm. you know, so let's not forget bringing all this stuff together. You still need to understand how that's going to work for you. It's not just a plug and play and away you go and everything just works. Auto magic, right? Yeah, it's there. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Well, you know, as all the, all of this, as you mentioned, there's there's policies around data management that are yeah. coming into play. There's this massive amount of logs being created in the DevOps, you know, kind of process. Are you starting to see in the organizations you're supporting that these logging capabilities, this log analytics, the capability to derive value from machine-generated data, are you seeing that become like a tier one, tier zero sort of importance in these IT organizations? The mature ones, for uh, absolutely, because that's the only way that they're going to get to the next level. Yeah. Uh, those that are still in the kind of the hero mode or you know the the, the level one uh, type modes, that, yeah. you know, they're still trying to f- figure out. And that's kind of what we talk about, you know, what the journey for analytics is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those as they go through it, the data coming out of the machines, mm-hmm. that's really where you start linking. That's what the where you're going to get the dashboard and the actionable intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, that, because it's unfiltered, it's unbiased, it's unemotional, right? Mm-hmm. The data coming out of a machine, there's no emotion tied to that. That's all on us. Mm-hmm. So how do we figure <laughs> out how to make that? I emotionally hit this. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't capture that very well. <laughs> <laughs> I think the computer vision comes out. Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> It'll know how angry I am. Right, that's right, 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 right. Yep. <laughs> So when you when you work with these organizations that are trying to derive value from it, and you mentioned like obviously we talk about Splunk a, a lot, what are those kind of what's that path look like for somebody to go say, oh my goodness, I have to deal with this crazy amount of machine generated data being created? What's the path that somebody goes in a logical way to get from I've got this amount of data to I've actually started to make sense of it? Is there kind of a simple path? Clearly, no auto magic button. Right. Kind of what's the high level path that you're helping customers walk through to get there? So I, I think the first step is, is again, taking that educational approach, mm-hmm. uh, getting visibility into what type of data is already in existence. Yeah. Um, so we'll do things like data source assessments. Um, and then uh, when you're looking at some of the more advanced technologies like machine learning, we'll have to do like a uh, data readiness assessment, really mm-hmm. extrapolate the attributes that are required to make any sort of predictions on um, that machine learning would, would then uh, be, yeah. be uh, you know, responsible for, for uh Executing. Yep. No, I, you, I, you know, I'll go one step back. I think you know before you start any of that, you make sure you've got a common set of terminology oh. because you know AI, yeah. ML, you know, analytics. It, 
great words, but if I'm yeah. thinking it, of it differently than you are, we're going to go right down the wrong path. So yeah. I, mean, I always want to start with that, you know, establish that framework. Um, you know, and then you certainly follow up on the data, you know, you know yeah. what, when, once you've got data, you know, it's all around what questions am I trying to ask? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, again, it's not going to be automatic. It's not going to tell me everything all sure. at once, you know, you know, we're not Terminator yet. That, you know, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Don't freaking out. Don't, don't talk about it. That's actually one of the questions we get most often, right? Yes. Like, is this, is this dangerous, right? Yeah. Is, that, oh, wow. is this going to, is this going to impact our organization in a way that can somehow make us vulnerable to, to some sort of, you know, uh, exploitation. Yeah. So that, that, that often comes up in these conversations. Yep. And, you know, as part of the whole data process is you know, who owns the data, too. Just because I want it doesn't mean I'm going to get access to it, regardless of the organization or structure or whatever. So, yeah. you know, can I get access to it and understand the data? You know, how, what the, what does the structure look like or, you know, unstructure of the, the structured data? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... Like uh, there. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so, you know... The, to me, it's always you know again identify that common uh, level that level set uh, for the plane on the playing field there. Data like Ramon was talking, understand what the questions that you you want to get out of it, mm-hmm. and does is the data going to allow you to ask those questions or get the answers that you want? And as you go through the process and you're building it, it's one of those trust but verify. If you're not trusting the model that you're using, yeah. then you're really you're never going to be able to get anywhere. But you you've got to verify the data that's coming out that oh, it is. Sure. You know, it, it makes sense. Uh, you know, we've, we've done through a lot of through the POCs. We've seen a lot of times where the question we was asking is the right question. The data that was in there it was great data. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we start looking at it. It's like, wow, this this doesn't look right. Every, every, right, right. Everything's an anomaly. How is yeah. that possible? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everything's special. Nothing's special. <laughs> right, yeah, right, exactly. right, right. So how right. do you you know go back and tweak that model? You got to remember it's an iterative process. It's yeah, you know the sure. uh, you know the as a you know. Software developer guy, you know the waterfall, the agile, in between is is still where we you know where we sit in a lot of cases and making these iterative processes to go through and continually improve, you know continuous improvement yeah, on everything. Sure. So you you all come alongside organizations at various stages of their journey, right? And we talked about the journey. Uh, I'm curious from your perspective, is it today? The, the challenges that have been identified once you've once you've got a level playing field in terms of language and terminology and we've we've torn down the architecture we always hear that the challenges are either people process or technology mm-hmm. which one's the most pressing problem today for me it's it's uh, the process and policy yeah I, I mean it's again because everybody everybody has their mission or their business need mm-hmm. and IT's business need is often different than marketing's. It's often different than HR's. Mm-hmm. Is often different than your customers or your citizens. So to me, that's a that's the the bigger challenge. Technology can empower that stuff, but if you can't come together, you know, again, back to DevOps. If I don't have dev, the dev the dev group and the IT operations group working, do I have really have DevOps? I, I agree. I mean, processes, right? Especially when it comes to implementation. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times people take on these huge tasks of, of shifting or changing the existing environment, but they don't have a, a true strategy on how to how to make that change. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we have to step in and, and provide sort of our skill set uh, to help them along that journey. So I would definitely say processes is uh, processes yeah. hard. And I, that doesn't surprise me, I guess, in, in the organizations you're working with. I, was, yeah. I always think it's people because I feel like when I look at technology, it's like there's a ton of technology and if i go like half the time we, we hear you know organizations like i don't solve this problem I'm like did you google it 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't have the people and the yeah. time to do it. It's all yeah. times it's time of the day. Well, we appreciate you guys coming and hanging out in the IOTRV. This is literally our <laughs> tinkering location for the next two weeks to hang out. I'm nice. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. I don't know how jealous you should be. It's three dudes in an RV, <laughs> two weeks straight. And we're generally driving about six to eight hours a day while also doing this thing. So it's pretty awesome. fun. Really but IoT. The merchant technology, That's thinking right. where the future's going. That's yeah, right. that's well, maybe you, while we have you back on, and we'll dig back into some of those emerging technologies. But if you're good with it, I want to see if we can shift gears here to a little bit of what we call rapid fire. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call rapid fire. What is your favorite Splunk command or use case or dashboard that you've seen so far? So my favorite's the uh, geospatial integration. So yeah, I start putting the you know the, the mapping component to it. Absolutely. That's, you know, bring in the KML and the you know, again the geospatial analysis. Uh, that that's my favorite. Yeah. So I want to give a shameless plug. So we've got a really cool geospatial integration on the Big Data Beards road trip. So you can actually follow a good little snake line on Google Maps yep. making calls to Google API so you can actually follow along. And for folks who don't know, you can actually log into our dashboards uh, directly. And we've got the website. You just go to bigdatabeard.com, click on Road Trip to Conf, and you can see our <laughs> nice. geospatial integration. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> see how quickly or slowly we're moving through yeah, the U.S. It's an RV, don't judge. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of wide turns. We're in D.C. too, so the traffic is going to yeah. be brutal. Yeah, Jersey was uh, Jersey extremely was slow. All right. <laughs> Question two. We talk a lot about technology making your life better. What piece of technology is making your life worse right now? My mobile phone. Yeah. Mobile phone. Uh, yeah, I can't can't escape anymore. You know, you're always you're always on twenty four seven. It's just constantly <laughs> nagging it's, it's, at always you. Always buzzes. You know, uh, email or. Yeah, I love it because you know you, you you know the Google. I can if I'm out somewhere and ask somebody asks me a question, I don't know. I can Google that. Yeah. Oh, I'm lost. Oh, I can find that. I I love it. Yeah. But it's also I, I never get a break now. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's when I. For my vacation, is find some place where that thing doesn't work. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I need to take off my watch at that point because I hate when it judges me in the afternoon. I'm yeah, like, hey, yeah. you haven't really moved around a yeah, lot today. Exactly. Stand up, come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't need this for me right now. I turn to breathe off immediately. Don't tell me to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we know Splunk uh, has a lot of pretty good T-shirts out there. What's your favorite T-shirt quote you've seen so far? The my favorite again being uh, very. Uh, uh, government uh, area here is the that the commander in chief. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wear I wear that at home so that I can feel like I'm empowered. You know? yeah. <laughs> like awesome. Well, what TV show are you binging right now? Right now, uh, Mindhunter. So it's the uh, early days of the uh, uh, was the uh, behavioral unit mm -hmm. uh, for the FBI's behavior. It, you know, you had uh, Criminal Minds, mm -hmm. and which I, I love that show. And then this one here is kind of a. A little bit more of a raw look at the early days with it, and so that's enjoying that. Cool. Where where can you find that? Is uh, that Netflix? Netflix. Yep. Awesome. They they just do so well with TV yeah. shows. <laughs> Biggest producer content in the world now. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It's, they yeah. outpaced all the studios now. It's, oh, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> now Splunk Base, which is Splunk's app store, yep. has a lot of. I think where are they at? Three thousand apps now. Ton of apps. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Splunk Base app? Wow. 
can be useful as ITSI or as silly as uh, there's one with Jeff Champagne in it. What, just put yeah. champagne in smoke? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I pers- the one that, um, I would say the, I, I like the ITSI mm-hmm. because of the, the way that it's organized, the dashboards, everything's kind of get you started. Um, so I guess I, that, that's my favorite. I'd yeah. like to see it, you know, be a little more open in terms of how I could extend it myself mm. rather than, because uh, I know we get them, it's compiled off and, and everything else. But that's, so th- that's my favorite, but I would like to see the next stage. Of yeah. That. For sure. Awesome. Uh, now we are obviously traveling across the U.S., hitting up a bunch of different towns. Where are you traveling next? Any interesting spots that you're going to soon? Uh, well, tomorrow morning I get to go to Texas. Texas? So, yeah. What city? A college station. What? So, I'm, a, I'm an Aggie, bro. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Big game this weekend. That's right. That's, uh, it's gonna yeah. Be, it's going to be crazy. So are you going to the game or are you just going out for work? Just going there for work. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the next my college next station. travel. But, I, love uh, that, it should be, I love that that was I, interesting. I don't think most people would be like, I'm going to College Station. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm proud of you. you are, <laughs> <laughs> Way to play it in the <laughs> I've never been there, so I'm actually kind of looking forward. To, even with business, you're in and out, but oh, it's still just because every every city and every town I've been to, there's always something unique about it. Absolutely. You know, culture, personality, whatever. So I yeah. I love going to different I can, places. I can fill your ear on College Station. Maybe we'll do it later. Well, Kevin and Ramon, thank you so much for being on the Big Data Beard podcast and telling us about how Red River Technologies is coming alongside organizations both in the public sector but also in the private sector, solving problems bringing together this ecosystem of tools that it takes to be successful with a, a proven process. So thank you both for joining us on the Big Data Beard podcast on our road trip to .com. Thank you very much for having thank us. Thank you. Cheers. We'll see you down the road. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard podcast. This amazing adventure would not be possible without our incredible sponsors. We thank you, Dell Technologies, VMware, Red River Technologies, Aero Electronics, and Converging Data for making the road trip to Splunk.conf 2019 possible. And be sure to smash that thumbs up button so we can keep the episodes coming. Until next time, keep being awesome.